I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 154. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, I'm sitting across the screen tonight on Zoom with one of my favorite people in the whole world, my assistant, Rachel. And Rachel has been gathering a bunch of questions and thoughts that she um, feels that we need to address and answer. And so I'm excited to spend some time with her. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you. So I'm going to turn this thing over to you, young lady, and uh, tell us tell us what's on your mind and what you've got your ear on the ground. What what are you okay. what are you thinking? All right. Well, uh, let's start with reading, since we know you love great books and reading aloud. Um, I had a question. Someone asked if there's any questions that you or that they should ask during read alouds to help with critical thinking or for helping to gauge, I guess, um, mm -hmm. you know, what the children are hearing and uh, computing and stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not a real lover of dissecting live animals. So I personally um, would just shudder in my school years as a child when they would read a book that I was passionate about and loved and cared about. And I felt like they were killing my love for that book. And even though I wasn't a praying person, I wasn't a Christian, but I would pray they wouldn't read a book that I loved, you know, in my high school, you know, English class. Um, so I, I, I'm a believer in letting children fall in love with literature and not robbing them of the joy of it, not making school out of literature. But it's just like when you fell in love with your husband and were you like taking your pulse all the time or like, you know, like don't, don't analyze this thing to death. Let the magic of the literature do its work in your children. And um, no, I don't think you need. And, and the other thing, Rachel, is if a child is engaged with a book, they will talk about it. I mean, depending on the age of the child, they will beg to have it read to them over and over again if they're young. They will tell daddy about it. They will tell their friends about it. Um, I know sometimes when we set up for seminars, I remember in Southern California, we would set up for a seminar and all these kids would be there from different families helping unpack books and things. And I would hear the kids saying, oh, oh as they're unpacking the book, have you read this one? You haven't read this Oh my gosh, mommy, she hasn't read this one. Can we buy this for her right now? Because like the, the excitement that the children feel about the books, you don't have to ruin that joy by taking the, the romance out of literature for your kids. And will they get everything they're supposed to get the first time? Probably not. But the definition of a book worth owning is a book worth reading multiple times. So I hope children will read the same books over and over and they will get different layers of meaning out of it. Um, and the kids who've used my methods, their professors all comment on, they always ask, where'd you go to school? And because they, they have a love for literature that is so contagious that even their college professors are aware of the difference between the other students. So 
Mm-hmm. I don't lay awake nights worrying about if kids are getting anything out of it. I lay awake nights worrying about whether you're reading the right books to children. Because if you're reading the wrong books, all the dissecting and analysis you do isn't going to change anything. Children aren't going to fall in love with a book unless it's a book that wins their heart on a deep level. And so if they're not begging for one more chapter, then we've got a bigger problem here. Because if they're not listening, maybe they shouldn't be listening because maybe it's not a book that's really worth listening to. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like when you make a cup of tea or something, you steep it. You don't just like dip it in and then like (laughs) taste it and expect it to be good. You want it to sit there and, you know, and I think this kind of leads to the idea of narration of, I was recently asked a question about, um, from a mom who was concerned about, you know, I've heard that you're really relaxed about narration and we don't have to go into this deeply because you covered it in episode 109 but um just this idea of not requiring that feedback Mm -hmm. uh, immediately and letting it happen in a more natural way that's right and it really happens in surprising ways and (laughs) then in ways where oh that might not have been the reading comprehension question that I would have asked Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not what stuck out to me from the story or the text but that's what you grabbed onto and that's what's going with you this time and um, I think we're so we're always looking for new books but Mm -hmm. just what you said about rereading the the same book they've already read yeah and that's really getting that deeper Mm -hmm. experience of the characters and the story and all yeah and the narration like we said in that other um, podcast is that narration to me is a very natural thing. Like when you go to a great restaurant or you watch a great movie, what do you do? You tell everybody and your children are exactly the same. And so at dinner to ask them, you know, tell daddy what we read about today. And, and they're like, Oh, well, you know how, and, like they are bubbling over sometimes more than you care for. I mean, I can remember when my son was a little boy driving in the car and he'd be reading these kind of, you know, not the exciting books that I really cared about, uh, you know, occasionally because he just inhaled books and it's hard to keep a child reading great books every minute of the day when they read that much. Mm-hmm. And he would start telling me about it. And I go, oh, that's okay. I can picture it. No, really, honey, really, I've, I've got it. No, that's okay. Because they just want to talk about it when they're excited about reading. So yeah. I don't ever worry about this. I think because we were all maybe in school and in classrooms and the teacher didn't know if Susie McGillicuddy and Rosie was paying attention, we think that is the way to have, quote, school. But as Dr. Moore said, don't ever have school at home. We homeschool and it's a very different animal. Do you need fresh encouragement for homeschooling? One of the best ways to be refreshed on your journey is to attend one of my in-person seminars. Chrissy recently commented, I went to your seminars 12 and 13 years ago, and it was hands down one of the most impactful and fruitful things I did for all of homeschooling. You gave me action steps for convictions the Lord had already instilled in me, the grace and margin for it to look like it needed to for our family, 
and you gave me book lists that were gold. My son and I will be in Eden Prairie, Minnesota on Saturday, April 29th, teaching a literature-based approach to education. Early bird registration is now open, which means it's only $55 to attend the in-person seminar, rub shoulders with like-minded families, hear from seasoned homeschooling parents, and have access to a seminar-exclusive book sale. You don't want to miss it. Click the link in the show notes or register on my website, caroljoyside.com forward slash upcoming hyphen seminars. Now back to the show. Yeah. So if someone's reading the great books, if they're they've cut out the TV and all this stuff, they've done all the things, but they still have a child who doesn't really want to be read to, mm-hmm. um, doesn't really enjoy. What are some, maybe some things that a parent could do mm-hmm. to encourage them or invite them into that in a way that they would want to participate? Well, I mean, that's a complex question because I don't know how old this child is and what their history is. So is this a child who's been in school all their life? Is this a child who's a toddler who is ripping the wallpaper off the wall because it's the nature of their age? Um, For a young child, I think it's very important to keep it very short and very sweet. So let's talk a little bit about that. With a young child, I don't even care if you read the actual book to them. Like, I think what's most important is that you put them on your lap. You're giving them lots of skin to skin. You're rubbing their neck. You're rubbing their arm. You're rubbing their back. um, And you're looking in their eyes and you're saying, what's the duck doing? Uh Uh-oh, here comes the boy. Where's the boy? What color is his shirt? What do you think is going to happen? Like you're not even reading the words yet. You're totally letting a toddler read to you so that they don't feel this is something they're being tortured by or punished by having to do because to a toddler just sitting still at all is it's just not a comfortable thing for them. So making it fun, making your your um, voice very animated, reading books that will really draw them in that are tried and true books, you know, like, um, uh, uh, um, I'm thinking of um, Whistle for Willie, Ezra Jack Keats, you know, and just the illustrations are amazing. And the storyline and the simplicity and the shortness and brevity of it. And so you you only read the best books for a child who's not already very excited about being read to. And then as they get older, you're very selective. You know, you read the Little House books or you read, um, if you have a boy, you just read Farmer Boy and you hook them that way. And then as they get older, maybe you're reading the Narnia books, but you're reading the best of the best before you throw in, you know, the story of Henry VIII or something like you know, they don't care about. It. So, you know, not that that isn't a great book, but I'm just saying meet them where they are. And Jesus said to be a fisher of men. And so how do we fish for fish? We use the right bait and we go at the right time of day and with the right climatic conditions, you know? And so in the same way, when we're reading to our children, Jim Trelease used to talk about read to them right before bed when they're exhausted and ready to pass out. 
don't read when they just woke up in the morning and they're ready to, you know, light the world on fire. That's, you know, counterintuitive. And so studying your child, like Peter said to husbands, dwell with your children according to knowledge. Um, so study your child, be an expert on, um, he said, dwell with your wives, but I like to paraphrase him, dwell with your children according to knowledge. And some families find that a child listens better when they're eating. And so like at breakfast, you want to do Bible and they're climbing the wall. We'll make a great breakfast and then read to them while they're eating it. Um, so there's so many times a day where it's optimal and other times when it's not. Jim Trelease used to talk about more books have been read while potty training than in any other, you know, form of parenting. And so when your child, you know, or in the, I've read to my grandchildren when they're being potty trained, when they're in the bathtub, like, you know, don't think now we're having reading time and we all sit in rest position. Let them do something with their hands. Let them crochet or sew or draw or use beeswax clay. Um, we don't, being read to is a privilege, but it's never a punishment. And if it becomes a punishment, put the book away and find a better time of day to do it or a better book. And of course, my favorite and most important thing is to get daddy reading because daddy has the anointing. And so they've been with mommy very much, very often all day long, even for the dads who are working from home, they're really not present at the level that mommy is all day. And so to bring daddy in and, oh, this must be really important if daddy's wanting to read this book and, and daddy's laughing or daddy's crying or whatever it is as we're reading this book, that is sending a signal that real men read books. And again, that, that modeling that's taking place and what do you ask for, for, for Father's Day and Mother's Day and, um, you know, are books treasured in your home? Are they given as gifts? Like all of that is setting yourself, your child up to value books. And that's a big part of this. And then they need to see you reading because again, you're modeling. This is what we do for entertainment. This is how we reward ourselves after working hard all day. So all these things don't give up. A lot of times families just, well, I tried reading to them once and it was a disaster. Like, well, did you try brushing their teeth once? Like, no. We read every day to our children and we find the right times to do it right after the dinner hour, like right at the table, daddy reading, you know, that can be really sweet even before the dishes are done. So finding the rhythm and finding the right time in the right place and never giving up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the thinking about the age appropriateness of the book is really key, especially when you have multiple kids, because yeah. my six, almost seven-year-old is eager to listen to a <laughs> chapter book or longer story. But then, and then I have a two-year-old who obviously wants to it's read not. picture books That's and right. the, you know, Papa Small and everything. That's but then right. my four, five-year-old can kind of get in between where I actually try to lump her in with the chapter books but she's really still would much rather be book. in the picture book realm. <laughs> right. and so you know it, we kind of had to tweak you know she was kind of doing the bedtime reading with daddy with the chapter book but it actually worked better for her to be mm -hmm. with them with him with the baby and yeah. that's you know, very because, discerning Rachel 
that's very discerning. And a lot of times when I'm consulting with families, this is exactly the conversation that I have with them. Mm -hmm. Like which children kind of go together and you'll get a sense for that. And then as they get older, sometimes that that middle child might move up to the older child realm more comfortably. But when they're really young, um, very often they prefer to be in that very comfortable space where there's not a lot of challenge. It just feels very cozy and safe in the book they're reading. They know it by heart and that's what they're looking for. And we want to push them, you know, kind of out of the playpen. It's like, no, they really like that predictability and safety. And yeah. so reading your kids, studying your kids, mm-hmm. is very perceptive. Especially if a child like this particular child, she loves nursery rhymes mm-hmm. and more of that poetry Rhythmic cadence and, stuff. Yes. She doesn't want to get into the deep weeds of <laughs> a story. That's she, right. to, she would read nursery rhymes all mm-hmm. the time if you mm-hmm. just, if you did that. So yeah, I think that just knowing your child and picking the right time is mm-hmm. really really key because when they're tired that's always a great time to read to them (laughs) (laughs) I know and they want something cozy yes and they want to you know that's why children memorize books they love the repetition and there's a reason why mother goose has stood the test of time they love the pattern and like you say the cadence and the predictability of it, the rhythm of da 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 Like they love all that. And we are pushing them to reading, you know, Shakespeare and they're they're just wanting something sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's not a waste of time to repeat these things. And there's no rush of getting ahead. And because sometimes I realize, oh, I haven't, spent the time with these books with these you know second and third children that I did with my first kid because he was the only one that's right so then you can just get in a hurry and forget about those Mm -hmm. in between or the early books yeah and as Chuck Smith always taught us repetition is the mother of learning And so we get annoyed with a child wanting to read the same books over and over again. That's why it's so important to have only quality books in your home, because I promise you, they're going to want to read the junkie book over and over again, and it's going to drive you crazy. So use, get rid of those in the garage sale quickly when they're not looking. And so every book is a win for you, because if you love it, they'll love it. But they very often want that same book over and over again. I know JJ wanted to be read the Oxcart Man every single day. And I didn't mind because it ministered to me, you know, as I was fighting materialism and, you know, all that as a young mom. And I would read that book and I just go, oh, I'm getting like a reset in my soul as I was reading the Oxcart Man. So he was enjoying it, but I was enjoying it too. And that's a win. It's cool how the things that help your children actually end up really helping us as well like the reading aloud and so many books have ministered to me and it's like this is a picture book I would never have picked it up for this moment in my life but wow I just was spoken to you know um, and so that's really cool how that happens yeah that's why I give picture books to adults yeah yeah you've given me several right (laughs) even before I had kids (laughs) that's right I love to give picture books to adults because they are so 
elegant. I mean, it's it's one thing to write a book and hide behind all the prose, but a picture book is so pared down. You have to be a much better writer in a sense because there's nowhere to hide in a picture book. And when a picture book connects, it is a majestic experience. You're just, you're changed forever by it. And um, I never tire of reading picture books. All right. Well, it has been so fun to be with you, Rachel. And thank you listeners for joining us this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. I love to help families homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. When you help me get the word out about what I'm doing here, I appreciate it so much. Until next time, remember, Jesus' commandments are not burdensome. What he calls you to do, he will enable you to do. Blessings.